Hello there, this is Wale Olulano, the presiding apostle of Harmony Christian Ministries. I'm happy that you can join us today in our podcast. I pray today's message will encourage, edify, and illuminate your heart, wherever your circumstances may be. Please relax and enjoy. Praise the Lord. I hope you are ready. We're going to read from Jeremiah chapter 1, from verse 9 to 10. Jeremiah chapter 1, we'll read from 9 to 10. We have two readings today. The Bible says, Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. I believe you're going to say amen over there. And he said, And the Lord said to me, The word of God is coming to you today. He said, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. God put his hand on your mouth. He put his word in your mouth and he directed you to an assignment. And he said to you that with that comes power to do it. Philippians chapter 4 verse 13. Philippians chapter 4 verse 13. The Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Say that with me one more time. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. I can see the children jumping up and say they can do all things. Yes, you can. Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, we bless, and we appreciate you because of what you have planned for us. Thank you for the victory through this season. Thank you, Father, for the food that is set before us today. We receive faith. We receive grace to receive your word today. To apply our hearts to all that you have got in line for us today. Thank you because of what we have a free flow today. I take authority over every form of hindrance, distraction, every spirit of unbelief today. It will not have its way in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, you will have your way today. And we thank you because our world will change for better because we came. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Right, we continue today in the series, You Can Change Your World. You Can Change Your World. Last week, we told ourselves that if Satan felt through all the pandemic that is going on right now in the world, that the church in any way will be weakened, he goofed. He actually shot himself in the foot. Why? Because once again, we are reminded of what Jesus Christ did. That Jesus Christ, he rode on the back of death to set mankind free. Now, the devil didn't know that's going to happen. He didn't have an idea that's going to happen. I believe that the church, once again, we ride on the back of COVID-19. Hallelujah. And become a strong church globally, worldwide. The church of God will ride on the back of any kind of new technology coming out. Any device, whatever it may be, whatever the intention may be, God will use it to glorify his own name. Amen. Climb on the back of this to bring the light of the gospel to every dark place. Say amen to that. God is using this season to press reset in every area, in every community, whether they are high or low. It's an opportunity for you, my friend, to know that God is giving me another chance. 
to know that this is my time for me to rise up. It's my time for me to make an impact in Jesus' name. So how is this going on? How is God pressing this reset? God is reminding world leaders that we need more prayers, not less. God is reminding everybody in the places of work that there is somebody called God. There is another power beyond technology that we do not have enough knowledge as we thought we knew. That we don't even have enough power as we thought we did. God is reminding all men that I'm still God at the final analysis. There is still something you don't know. So God is bringing man back into the place of knowing that he's a superior being. And that is what we are talking about. God is pressing reset. You know, this is a time of new opportunities. God is bringing us into a time of new opportunities for us to be able to see new ways of doing things. Things we never thought before. That that's how to do it. God is bringing man to that understanding. So you see, the devil didn't know that through this, newer things will occur. Why that rich will be made. He didn't know that. And that's always what the devil does. God is giving us opportunity to make adjustment. There are many lives that are heading nowhere before now. But now it's a good time for them to sit back, reflect, and think what to do with their lives. For those of us who are believers, those of us who God has called us to be kings and priests, this is a good time for us to address some mindset that make us to live below God's promises for our lives. Where we are meant to be royals, we live like peasants. This is a good time for us to understand the things that have been freely given unto us. So we are activating imagination. We said God, he gave us his own image right from the beginning. So we told ourselves last week that we have to activate imagination. This is a crucial step towards changing our world. We define the word imagination. That is an action of forming new ideas, images, and concepts. It's the ability of the mind to be resourceful or to be creative. That's putting it in the layman's language. We told ourselves that while this change is being talked about, everybody is talking about it's a time of new normal. It's a time of change. But change is not change until it is experiential. You have to experience the change. You have to understand things have changed about your life. What has changed about your prayer life, your study life, your Christian life, your family life, your career life? What has changed if you haven't seen that change yet? Then you can't talk about change. It means there are things you are leaving undone. There are things you are, not, you are not yet addressing. And that's why this message is coming to you. To give you an understanding of what you need to do. We told ourselves that effective introduction of change will require some digging deep. God showed us how to build a house requires digging down until you get to the rock. It's, this is a season, my friend, of digging deep. God will have to make us to dig deep some things, some, 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 some habit in our life, some cultural stuff that we have left there. We have to dig deep. Some things must be uprooted. Some things must be taken out of our lives, of our nations. He said, I have called you that you must root out and pull down some things. That's the whole idea. We listed a few things. And last week we said, these digging areas for what changes will include our attitude. 
We say attitude is our thinking, the way we think, the way we respond to things. Your thinking makes you see situations differently. If your attitude about things is, it's going to be possible. It's going to be okay. I can do this. Some people's attitude are negative to everything. When it is raining, they complain. When it is sunny, they complain. What is it you want about life? You know, you have to have the right attitude. Then we talked about curiosity. We said if you are going to be a world changer, you have to be a curious person. You must be a person who understands, you know what, what, is, what makes this thing work this way? You have to be curious. You have to continually ask yourself, actually, is there a better way of doing this thing? You have to be curious. And you know when it comes to being curious, this is really an area where many folks like myself, people from the developing nations, we have to understand this, my dear. We are not curious enough. The things which you call mysterious, the things which you call, why is a mystery, nobody touches it, is actually a research subject for somebody else. Someone else will look at that thing, which you call mystery. What is behind it? They want to study it. They want to look at how does it work? What makes it to work? Now, that's how they will discover something new. Something which you and I will come and use again. My dear friends, that's why God wants you to know that he is the God of all knowledge. This is a season for you to actually go back and look at certain things. Certain areas where you yourself have placed a bar. You have placed a limit. Not that God placed limits. Knowledge is increasing because people are asking questions. If you are going to be a world changer, you have to be a curious person. We spoke about thinking capacity. Thinking capacity. We cannot limit our thinking ability. We have to be a people that will say to ourselves, you know what, we must, be able to, we must be able to challenge our thoughts. We must have ability to be able to constantly stretch our imagination. Today I want to move on quickly. The fourth point is, know what is yours. If you are going to change the world, you have to know what is the world you are changing. You have to know what is your own world. What's your own assignment? What are you changing? You can't just change the whole world. Even though God said to Jeremiah, he said, Jeremiah, see, I have set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down over the nations, over the kingdoms. Even though he told him that within the nations, because nations there actually means people. But within that, he is a specific set of people. You must know what is yours. You must know what is yours. You must know your direction of pursuit. You cannot run your life aimlessly. You can't be a person who said, I want to change the world without having a direction. Knowing your jurisdiction actually is accepting responsibility over that area. You must know what is yours. In that company which you are in, of course you are interested in the sources of the company, but it begins from what is your area? What is your area of specialty? What is your area of assignment? Know what is yours. To be a world changer, it begins from somewhere. You must understand the city God has placed you. Understand the place God has placed you. And you begin to make your change from Jerusalem there. Know what is yours. Know what is yours. You know, another way to put this is you must get out of bed with an agenda. 
So when you get out of bed, you got to understand what is my agenda today. Your agenda can't be something that you are not related to. What is the thing I want to change? And this is a very good time for us as we have time on our hands whether we are working from home or we actually go out. It's important for us to understand, friends, that we must have an agenda. What is your agenda? What is your agenda? Your agenda gives you the understanding that you have to make sacrifices. Your agenda tells you you must make sacrifices. You must have self-denial towards your agenda. What is your own? That's the reason why you will tell yourself, I cannot live anyhow. That's the reason why you tell yourself, I cannot do that with you because I am about this assignment. Remember Nehemiah? Nehemiah, when he, when he knew the world he was meant to change, people came around, Sambalat and Tobiah, they came around to distract him. He said, no, I am doing an important business. What is your own? What is your direction of pursuit? You see many people, they are jack of all trades. They are master of none. You've heard that before. They can run their mouth in anything and everything. When you don't have your own, you are always talking about other people. When you don't know what God has called you to change, you want to change the world with your mouth. You have the time to run comment and commentary on everybody's life. But God is saying to you, you are a world changer. You must have a jurisdiction. You must have an understanding of an area where God wants you to change. He begins from there. What are you supposed to change? What are you supposed to aim for? This is foundational. This is where your vision sets in. This is where you begin to dream towards it. This is where you begin to set your goals towards what you are supposed to change. My dear friends, knowing what is yours pulls you towards your goal. It doesn't drive you. It only draws you. That's what he does. He doesn't drive you. He draws you. He draws you closer and closer and closer towards the goal. What is your direction of pursuit? What's the direction of pursuit? You can't live your life aimlessly and hoping to change the world. You can't do that. You must know what is your own field. Not every field that is overgrown, not every field that is green, not every field that is available is yours. You have to understand that the resources God gave to you was meant for you to put into us. You know, it's like right now, just like right now, there is global opportunity to, you know, to, to impact nations. But the church, why the church is global, the church is still local. That's a beautiful thing. While you can fellowship, you can, you can join any service online, but you must still have what is your own assignment. You must still have your own local church. It's still important. Just while you can talk to anybody, talk to wherever, you still have a place called home. What is your own that you are supposed to change? What is your own? Now think about this direction of pursuit. I think about somebody called Ruth in the Bible. Ruth came into Bethlehem with her mother-in-law. It was a difficult time. It was a time of crisis. And one day, Ruth realized, I can't just stay here. I must go out and fetch and look after this old lady. So the Bible said Ruth went out. And it happened that she found herself in Boaz's farm. 
And then she stayed there and walked all day. Now, when she got home, she told Naomi, Naomi, this is where. He said, where did you work today? He said, well, it's this man's farm. Now, guess what? Naomi told Ruth, she said, I don't go to any other place. That's your farm. Naomi was like a Holy Spirit in that story. Guiding her, showing her her own area of pursuit. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. For your own area of pursuit, where you have located, where you are working, where you are serving. I pray for grace to locate you. I pray for favor to locate you. I pray for opportunity for promotions to locate you. In that place. You know something about this? The Bible said, Ruth found herself there. But do you know, even if she stumbled into that farm, that was, that was not what actually brought her promotion. Because you may know your own field. But that's not all. That's not enough. Now the Bible tells us she began to work hard. You see, because she knew her area of work, she knew where God has called her to, she began to work hard. You can't sit at home and begin to say, well, God, I know what you call me to do. Holy Spirit, I know what you call me to do in that office. You know what you call me to do? Just make a way. Now it doesn't happen like that. There has to be responsibility to work. You have to work it out. You have to labor in it. She served more than the other women. My dear friend, when you know your direction of pursuit, you may start from the ground level, but your eyes must be on the top. Are you listening to me? You must make your way right to the top. She didn't make her way to the top by sleeping around. She labored. She labored. She worked. May the Lord pour blessing upon the labor of your hand. When you know your field of service, there is something in you that tells you that this is it. And then you begin from somewhere. You begin from a level. That's why you don't begin to jump from job to job, from career to career, jump from home to home, jump from husband to husband. You must know which one is your own. That's why the Bible said let everybody have their own. It's in their own. Let every woman love their own husband. You can't, you can't be loving all the other people except your own. You have to know what is your own. Your own is what God blesses you in. The Bible tells us that clearly. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. Things have been freely given. The things have been freely. When you know your own, you begin to work it out. You begin to work it out. In that, the blessing of God comes upon it. You begin to work it out. You begin to work it out. Great people are just ordinary people who have made a great commitment to a great cause. You begin to work it out. You begin to work it out. Because when you are working out, a day comes. Something happens to you. Just like we are in this season. That everything you have learned, every pain you have had, every setback you have had, will tell you that it is all building up to this moment of your life. I know. <laughs> I know as a pastor that everything I've been through is building up to this moment. I know it. Building up to this moment, I can never remain the same. The church God has called me to labor in can never remain the same. You know why? Because moments like this don't come often in one lifetime. Same thing goes for you, my dear friend. You cannot leave this moment and allow it to just pass by. You cannot change your world if you can't read the times of the season. When you are walking in the field he gave to you, you have to understand things will occur. Moments will come. What happened in the story of Ruth? Boaz came one day. 
He said, who is that lady? How did he notice her? Because she was laboring. She was serving. She was walking her several way in the field that God gave to her. See a man who is diligent in his business. The Bible said he will stand before kings. I say you will stand before kings in Jesus' name. You see, when you are laboring in your field, when you are setting yourself as standing, you will not remain in the ground level. And even if you do, someday will come and say, you know, this person, let's move them up. When they are saying everybody should go home, it will be impossible to let you go. Impossible to let you go. That's when you get a seat at the table. That's when you begin to be a voice in the place to make a change. Very important for you. Another thing for you to know, my friend. You need to know that what you are going, is this really mine? You must understand that what I am desiring, what I am seeking, is this my own? Many people say, well, I know mine. This is what I am going after. But is that yours? How did it become yours? Is it because you saw your friend doing it? He may look good on your friend, but not on you. What seems okay for another person may be a grief to you. You have to understand that there's something called coveting. God will not bless that. God will give you your own because you must know your pursuit. There is a place he has called you to make a change. He said, Jeremiah, I called you. Before you were formed, I have an assignment for you. Jeremiah wasn't called to come and prophesy over in England. While you see nations there, he knew the nation he had to walk in. When you operate outside your grace, it is called struggle. It is laboring and toiling. I pray that the Lord will open your eyes to see. In Jesus' name. The next point for what changes, this is an area of digging. This is an area of major digging. It's called belief. If you want to change the world, you have to believe you are the one God has called to do it. You have to believe you are able to do it. You have to believe you are called to do it. You have to believe. See, I believe, Lord. <laughs> the Bible says in Mark chapter 9, verse 23, he says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. I love that. If you can believe, all things are possible. Moses, you're going to set Israel free. You're going to lead my people out of the house of bondage. He said, Lord, I cannot. I am a stammerer. Jeremiah, you are going to prophesy. He said, no, Lord, I'm a youth. I cannot go. All things are possible to them that believe. My dear friends, you must know that in the supernatural realm, there is an infinite opportunity and possibilities. When you believe there is nothing God cannot do. You believe to the saving of the soul. You believe right to the end. You may be on a, on a hospital bed and you know everything is all around you. Just say, I believe. I believe in the name of Jesus. This will work for me. You cannot stop believing. You must believe. COVID-19 or not, you must believe. You must believe. Hallelujah. This is not just believing in God. This is believing in you as well. Believing in the God that is in you. You see, many of us actually don't have problem in believing God, that God is God, God is able. 
But we don't believe that we are the one who God's going to use. We don't believe we are able. You know, look at me. I've got no education. Look at me. I, I have no husband. Look at me. I've got no children. Look at me. I remember when God called me. I told God, God, I've been in a church. I've seen people pastoring when they don't have a child and they can't talk about that subject comfortably. And then people don't want to come to them. They think, you know what, physician, heal thyself. And God said to me, just do my work. Obey me and see. He didn't tell me I was going to have a child. You see, you can have a thousand and one excuses why God cannot use you. But a point came that I, I received boldness. And I said, well, God has called me. And I will be all that he wants me to be. And I started speaking about my son when he comes. My daughter when she comes. I started believing in the God who has called me. Despite what the doctors were saying about me. You must believe, my dear friends, not just that God is, you must believe that he chose you. He chose you. He said, I can do, I love what Paul said in Philippians chapter 4. I love that. Philippians chapter 4 verse 13. He said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens. I can do. Hallelujah. He didn't say Jesus Christ can do. He knows Christ is going to strengthen me. So I can do all things. All things. How many things? All things. I decree in the name of Jesus. If you dare to believe, you will be what he called you to be. You will do what he called you to do. You will get to where he called you to get to. In the name of Jesus, this season will become like a, like a platform for you to leap up. In the name of Jesus, it will become like a springboard for you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. You have to believe. You have to believe, my friend. Until you change the information that is in your head. Nobody's going to change that for you. I may tell you that you can do it. But if you say to yourself, I can't do it. Then it's difficult. I may tell you that you are handsome. But you may tell yourself that I'm ugly. Then there's nothing that can change that. You must get to that point in your life. Where you will say, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. No matter what God is saying, what you are saying to yourself, it's important. You must be able to say, I can do it. Jesus Christ said it. He said, if you can believe all things, all things, if you can, he didn't say, I'm struggling with belief. You, if you can believe, you can get that job. If you can believe, you can change your world. If you can believe, you can have that baby. If you can believe, you can get that papers. If you can believe, you can, hallelujah. <laughs> if you can believe, it's all about your believing. So to change your world, it's up to you. So Jeremiah, God said to Jeremiah, I chose you. I touched your tongue. I filled my word with your mouth. But Jeremiah had to believe it. Had to believe it. My friend, you cannot overcome what you are not prepared to confront. You must confront the information in your head. You must confront the places you have been to. You must confront the situations that have actually stuck themselves in your head. There is a story in 2 Kings chapter 7. It's a story of the lepers. The Bible said there are four lepers at the gate of Samaria. What was going on at that time is these lepers could not go into the city. In the city, they are, they are rejects. In the city, nobody lives with the lepers. There is a story about lepers. But outside the city gates, 
There is war going on. There is the enemy there. And then they said to themselves in verse 3 of 2 Kings, they said, you know what? If we sit right here, we will die. If we sit in COVID and we're not thinking and we're not doing anything, we will not achieve nothing. We better get up. Get up and begin to walk towards the city. And I love that. They chose the harder one. Don't make it too easy for yourself. <laughs> they said, we're just going to go towards the Syrian camp. They were not related to the Syrians. I mean, you would have thought they would go towards the city gate and get to the city gate and say, you know what? I am actually the son of so-so and so in the city. But they went to the Syrian camp. And the Bible said, why they were going, though they were lepers, though they were lepers, God Oh, Jesus, he amplified their feet as they were going. I prophesy grace to amplify your feet as you go. You will no longer say, I am from the ethnic minority. You no longer say, somebody is against my, my color of my skin. I say to you, if you will rise up in this season, may the Lord magnify you. You will change your world. The Bible, you know the story. They got there and the camp became empty because those ones ran away. I decree every enemy of yours at your coming. May they flee. May they flee like shaft before the wind in the name of Jesus. So when they got to this camp, they found out that the place was awesome. They were eating. They put on gold. They found out that all kind of stuff. And then one of them, and that's the story of another day. One of them said, no, this thing we are doing is not good. This, you see, their story, it's not just that they went to the camp of the enemy. That's not what changed their world. Now, what changed their world is the statement of this one, a leper. He said, let us go to the king's house. If I love what he said. Let me read it. In verse 9, they said to one another, what we are doing is not right. This day is the day of good news. <laughs> this is the day of good news for somebody. And we, if we remain silent, if we wait until morning light, some punishment will come to us. Now, therefore, come. Let us go and tell the king's household. That's what changed the world. What do you mean? You see? And this way I wanted to receive wisdom. They could have said, let's go and tell one of our family members. You must know who to go to. You must know decision makers. You must know people who, who actually have the understanding and the ability to change, to, to actually carry out, to, to put executive power behind your idea. Don't waste your seed. That's the key there. The, the Bible said, let's, let's go to the king's house. These were lepers. What gave them the idea that they could even move near the gate of the king? We are talking about a city. They didn't say, let's go to the head of our family. Let's go to the king's house. That some of you in your company, when God begins to magnify you in this season, you must understand that it's not a matter to just throw around on the social media. It's not a thing to waste your seed by the coffee machine. You must understand that the right time comes. Wait for the right time. Wait for the right moment to change your world. Let's go to the king's house. Let's tell the king, even lepers, they have something to offer. How about you? How about you? 
John chapter 6, verse 29. They said unto him, what shall we do that we may walk the works of God? That we may walk the works of God. Jesus Christ answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe. Oh, Jesus. That you believe. This is the work of God that you believe. All you need to do, my dear friends, believe. Believe COVID-19 is a setup for your lift up. Believe that. Even if it has affected your job, believe that that's not the job that will lift you up. This is the moment that the grace on the inside of you is about to come out. Remember, he said, I touch your tongue, I touch your mouth, and I put my word in you. I'm coming back to that point later. In another service. Let me just round up quickly. The last point for today, endowment. Endowment. You're going to change your world. You need to dig some things. This is the time. Endowment. There are some things that are on the inside of you. You have to dig them out. You didn't use them before. You didn't use them. You had a training, you shaved it. You had the experience, you just thought it was not important. I'm in a foreign land. But God gave you some stuff on the inside. Endowment. In Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 4 to 5. He said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you and I ordained you a prophet to the nations. My dear friends, at creation, certain things were deposited on the inside of you. At creation. These things made you a profitable citizen to the whole earth. That's why you are not common. There are no two people like you. But before you were born, it was inside of you. You didn't, you didn't work hard. You just had experience of it. And then boom, you were extraordinary. People thought, wow, where have you had your training? What is so unique about you? There is a mark on you that distincts you. That's it, endowment. Have you noticed? The most successful basketball players, they are naturally tall. It's not because they started playing basketball and then they now started growing heights. They're naturally tall. It's an endowment towards the assignment. Now, it doesn't mean that all tall people have to be basketball players. But I'm just showing you endowment towards and direction. Very important. Until you begin to tap on what is on the inside of you. You cannot change your world. Let me round up. You remember the story of the woman in 2 Kings chapter 4? She brought her two sons to the prophet. He said, prophet, my husband is dead and they have come to take my two sons. So the prophet said, what do you have in your house? What do you have in your house? She said, I have got nothing. I don't have anything. I have no endowment. I am just empty. I am as you see me. But I said to you that that's a lie of the devil. There is more left in you before COVID and after COVID. In the name of Jesus, I say greater things are on the inside of you. Amen. She said, I got nothing. But the prophet said, no, there's still something in your house. Listen to me. In this season, what God will use to live to is not outside. It's inside you. Everything for the next phase of this ministry is in here. Every resource, every idea is on the inside. It's here. We just need to understand how to harness it. In your business, it's inside you. In your home, it's inside you. It's inside you. My daughter woke up one day. She said, Daddy, I have some ideas. 
she listed a lot of things that we, we could change in the house. And some of these things she said, you know, daddy, you don't need to call anybody. I'm ready to do this with you. What, what is she saying to me? It's inside here. You must understand there are ideas on the inside. That there are no outside. But until you dig what you have inside, you will never discover it. You have to dig on the inside. I activate the grace to see the gem inside of you. In the name of Jesus. There are causes in the past you have done. There are things you have done in the past. There are ideas, there are things you've done that you thought were unimportant. You thought they are not relevant. God is tearing up your pool right now. In the name of Jesus, there is a treasure on the inside of you to terminate every struggle. Receive the grace to locate it. In Jesus' name, receive the grace to locate it. Some people say, well, maybe I need money. I need to go and do my PhD. Listen to me. Not everything has to do with going back to school. Yes, you may have to take some training, but not everything. If you can't reach it, that's not what you need. Because what you need is available unto you. But you must be prepared to search for it. Must be prepared to dig for it. I remember the other day, you know, uh, our ministry, we put up a leadership training and business training for people. And we said, there is an assignment to do. If you want it, you will go for it. Nobody's going to hand it over to you. But guess what? Even though it's free. Some people still couldn't qualify for it. Why? Because you want it to be handed over to you. That's not going to happen. You have to say, I am ready to dig. I am ready to go for it. I am ready to work for it. That's the spirit that lifts you out. And you become a world changer. I want to pray for somebody here this morning. I want to prophesy over you. I want to decree over you that in the name of Jesus, every grace on the inside is about to come out. According to the word of the Lord, I want to rise up on your feet wherever you are. Begin to receive this in the name of Jesus. According to Isaiah chapter 60, 1 to 3, he said, Arise and shine. Your light has come. I decree in the name of Jesus you will arise. You will arise from confusion. You will arise from sickness. You will arise from woes and tales of woes. You will arise and you will shine. This is your time to go higher. In the name of Jesus, according to Mark eleven twenty three, 23, he said, I say unto this mountain, be moved. Nothing. If you say to that mountain, be moved, nothing shall be impossible. I address every mountain ahead of you. Every mountain between you and your promotion, be moved. In the name of Jesus, be moved. In the name of Jesus, we speak to mountains of obstacles, mountains of health, mountains of finances. Be moved in this season in the name of Jesus. The Bible says in Psalm 9 verse 18, it says, For the needy shall, always, shall, shall not always be forgotten. I decree this is your season of remembrance. God will remember you. In the name of Jesus, he will remember you. He remembered Hannah. He remembered Sarah. He remembered them. And the babies they brought forth changed their world. I decree in Jesus' name that which you are bringing forth will change your world. As God remembers you in Jesus' name, he remembered Elizabeth. I decree in Jesus' name you are bringing forth a world changer. In Jesus' name, I speak health to your bones. Whatever has attacked your progress, I address it right now in the name of Jesus. Receive help of the Lord. Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Receive the strength of God. In the name of Jesus, strength above depression. Receive it right now. Strength above ailment. Receive it right now. In the name of Jesus, I decree the might of God will come over you. The might of God will come over you. Where you used to be before this 
pandemic. That's not where you will be by the end of it. In the name of Jesus, ideas will come to you. Help will come to you. In the name of Jesus, Matthew 16 verse 18 says, he said, upon this rock I will build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail. Every gate of hell that is prevailing against the opportunities, I cancel them now. I cancel them now. In the name of Jesus, receive the power of the Holy Ghost. Receive the power of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, Job 42 verse 1 says, Now I know that you can do everything and that there is no purpose of yours that can be withheld from you. I decree. Everything you bring before God that God has called you to, I decree shall become a possibility. In Jesus' name, your ear has heard it. Your mouth will test it. Your hand will handle it. You will bring it forth to testify. In the mighty name of Jesus, it is well with you. Bible says in James 1.17, the Bible says every good gift and perfect gift is from above. I activate the good gift in you. I activate the good gift in you. You receive it from above right now. In the name of Jesus, it is well with you. It's well with yours. In the mighty name of Jesus, arise and shine. The Lord shall be the light of your salvation. It will be your help when you call. In the mighty name of Jesus, you will change your world. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. I want to pray for somebody listening to me. You know very well that your work with God is not real. Yes, you, maybe you go to church, but you have not met this Jesus personally. You have not met this Jesus personally. But you see, you cannot really know him or know your, what he has given to you until you know him. You have to accept him into your life. So he becomes like the candle of your spirit that will reveal what is hidden on the inside of you. He said, Jeremiah, I have put my word inside your mouth. You see, how will that happen unless Jeremiah has allowed him? So this morning, you want to give your life to Jesus. You want to say, Lord, I yield myself. I surrender my life. Everything that I have and everything that I am is all yours, Lord. Father, fill my spirit. Fill my heart. Take hold of my life. Lead me on. Guide me through this life. Deliver me from the things that has entrapped my feet. I will not live in excuses anymore. I will rise up from that excuses. And I will serve you all the days of my life. I confess my sins to you. Forgive me. Have mercy on me. Cleanse me in the blood. And make me new, O oh God. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for forgiving me and for loving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We do hope you have been blessed. Our special thanks go to all our partners who give generously to support our ministry. You are welcome to be one of us. We'd like someone to talk to you on any of the issues raised in today's message. Please do call us on plus 44 208-597-3110 or you visit our website on www.hccenter.org.uk May the peace of the Lord guard you and keep you till we meet again.